0: Yeah, so I guess now we're just Biden our time. (laughs) (laughs) I love the hesitation that you had before laughing at that joke.
1: No, I was just like, it took me a minute to register. Like, what? Oh, I see.
0: (laughs) What did she mean by that? The
1: United States has no right no desire
0: and no intention to impose our form of government on anyone else. No democracy can
1: survive when its public life, its public goods, are so privatized, and militarized, and individualized.
0: So you won't take down lies, or you will take down lies. I think it's just a pretty simple yes or no.
1: So we tell a handful of billionaires will become phenomenally richer. Yeah, you're going to have to pay more in your taxes.
0: They haven't released the kids from the cages yet, despite the fact that the uh, president is a Democrat.
1: That's true. He's a unity Democrat. You know, we need to to have unity. We need to extend an olive branch to those Republicans.
0: That's right. I mean, I think you were saying, like, he did do some things, right? Like, he has released a couple executive orders.
1: Yeah, so these are some of the one-day executive orders. So he... Uh, Rescinded the Muslim ban, which is a good thing. Yeah, so rescinded the Keystone XL pipeline, which was uh, pretty impressive because I know a lot of people didn't think he'd actually do that. Um, Rejoined the Paris Climate Agreement, which is good. And then extended the eviction moratorium and I think extended the student debt interest freeze.
0: Was the eviction moratorium like actually. I thought it was just a recommendation to the. Um, health and human services department that they not evict people. I didn't think that there was an actual, any like executive power behind it. Is that true?
1: Um, I remember hearing that as well. I'm not, I'm not sure about the, that's how it was under Trump. I'm not sure right. what the specifics are with this one. Um, protections for dreamers. He, he added that. Not sure if that's going to be able to be expanded. But, you know, for people who, like, were already, you know, taking advantage of the DREAM Act or people who were already uh, participants in it, um, they'll have some of those protections back that they lost under Trump and um, requiring all masks in federal buildings. And all, these, all these right-wing hacks online are like, because like, I guess Biden was, like, speaking in the White House without, um, without a mask. And they're like, whoo, you know, where's your mask? I thought they were required in federal, all federal buildings." It's like, "Oh my god!"
0: So, according to local New Jersey news station, the CDC moratorium is actually looks like they do have some evictions on hold as a result of that, which have prevented evictions. So, I guess Biden administration extended a federal order that prevents renters from being evicted if they meet several criteria. So it's probably something that people would have to, like, apply for and, um, you know, go through the process of doing. But I think that that is good. You know, ultimately, it probably could be better. Um, you know, Yeah, I like, here's,
1: here's, here's this form you have to fill out to see right. if, you're, if you qualify. Uh, right, exactly I mean, and it probably I mean, would better. be better to
0: just have no evictions at all during a pandemic uh, like
1: but why can't nothing why can't, yeah like why do we have to mean test means test a um evictions moratorium yeah um but you know i mean a lot of this stuff is is good even if it if, even if it doesn't go far enough i think yeah th- those are some of his uh executive orders there's also though some um some things that i'm not i'm not too happy about. There's this article from Reuters, Biden will recognize Juan Guaido as Venezuela's leader, top diplomat mm-hmm. says. And that's like, uh, this is some Trump, you know, this this is like Trumpian stuff here, because that's what the Trump administration was doing. They were recognizing mm-hmm. this guy Juan Guaido, who's not the leader of Venezuela as the leader because he's a US because he's more sympathetic to the US. Whereas Maduro isn't. And this is just, it's annoying because it's like, it doesn't matter what you think of Maduro, he's the leader of Venezuela. Like, you can't right. just.
0: He was elected.
1: Exactly. Like, you can't just, oh, yeah, we, we like this guy better. So, you know, and, and maybe he'll help us get control over the oil reserves there. So, or we're, we're going to recognize him. Hope you don't mind.
0: No, absolutely. And I think that that's what a lot of people don't seem to understand is just because. Again, it's a Democrat in office doesn't mean that the U.S. policy of imperialism is going to stop. We're still going to try and influence what's going on in other countries. Whether that means, um, you know, like like you said, recognizing this leader instead of the one who Venezuelans popularly elected, someone who's going to be friendly to our interests. And you know that goes for like what's going on in Saudi Arabia right now. I was reading. There's like tanks and drones, <laughs> like
1: yeah. dozens
0: of troops. I think today um, were added in Saudi Arabia, and it's like that's not something that's going to change just because you put a Democrat in office. You know?
1: Yeah, I know there there have been murmurs about him ending the uh, ending our support for the um for the genocide that they're doing in Yemen, which would I'd be like to see that. <laughs> yeah, which would be phenomenal because I mean that is just that's just a insane humanitarian disaster that needs to be and and, and blood is on our hands in that and and that mm-hmm. needs to be stopped.
0: Well, and it's but, so um, interesting. I was listening to um, and you know, I got a lot of hate on Twitter because I was talking about this, but I listened to Joe Rogan's <laughs> podcast the other day. Uh-oh. I know, and he had a uh, Tulsi Gabbard on, and they were talking about.
1: Oh, I was I listened to that one a bit too.
0: Yeah, it was good, right? Like what they were talking uh-huh. about anti-war, and like Tulsi's interesting. I know she's a controversial figure as well. She was criticized for being a, you know, Russian spy, um, which there was Obviously. really no proof of that. She's criticized by the left for not, um, being, you know. Hard enough on social justice issues, I believe, but um, I I think a lot of the things she has to say make a lot of sense. And one of the things that Joe and her had discussed was the fact that she um, served overseas, and that made her realize, like, that we need to end this constant state of war that our country is in. And I just think it's really interesting that that is not a more salient political issue. People don't seem to care about the war, and I don't know why that is. Like, if you look at the billions of dollars that we pour into, um, like weapons manufacturing, if you look at like all the amount that we spend on the military, Americans really should be more outraged if we claim to care about economic issues. Military spending is one room where we definitely, or one area where we definitely have room to trim the fat.
1: Yeah. I- <clears throat> Yeah, and I think um, the answer to that is probably because they don't see it or they don't experience it directly. Um, The reason why she's able to do that is probably because she's served, especially in Iraq, where – have you ever seen that documentary? Um, I think it's called Iraq for Sale, The War Profiteers.
0: Oh, but that sounds interesting.
1: It it is. Go watch that documentary because there's all of these instances where, like, private contractors would come in and they like and they would like overcharge for like all these things that um the soldiers would use in the war on purpose cuz they know that they knew that the Pentagon and the DOD would just you know just hand them all the money to do it. Oh yeah. Like there was um like AOC by the way in a, in a, in a committee hearing uh few not not a few weeks ago I, I would say a couple months ago. She brought up I think to the secretary of defense or the deputy secretary of defense or whoever about how there was a, a part that was being used on, on some kind of weapon and it only cost like $40 or something to manufacture. And the DOD was, um, was buying the, the, the part for like $2,000 a piece, you know?
0: Ridiculous. Oh, it happens every day.
1: Yeah. And so, and I think that's kind of one of the points we have to, recognize or, or point out is that, you know, when we're talking about this, we're not saying we're against the military or, or we're weak on American defense. You know, we're, we're against wasteful spending. Right? And that's what's happening there.
0: Right. Absolutely. And I think, you know, you just articulated this pretty well, but I think a lot of people, because I didn't even realize this until we got into college and um, you and I took Uh, one of the same classes together and the teacher wasn't a or excuse me the professor wasn't a communist professor wasn't a marxist you know and i think she she was she was just a liberal like a lot of um talking about kurzman like a lot of professors are and um i remember we watched this documentary in one of our classes that really illustrated the fact that you know they can say, okay, well, you know, we're going to charge you guys $18 million for these planes. And then they manufacture the planes. And this is a contract with the American government. And they come mm-hmm. back and they say, oh, no, just kidding. It's actually going to be, you know, $30 million. And the government will just pay it.
1: Yeah, we, we'll we just, just pay it, it. It was really easy. We we just changed the number on with the keyboard. <laughs> <laughs> you remember you know,
0: that? Yeah, absolutely. And I think a lot of Americans are are unaware of this, and that's why it continues to um, go by unnoticed. And what ends up happening is, I mean, you were kind of talking about this last week, this tendency to turn us against each other, where a lot of the times people on the right will worry about welfare, they'll worry about people living off the government or unemployment and uh, other things of that nature, whereas instead they should be worrying about this wasteful defense spending
1: yeah like if waste spending is the thing that you're concerned about you're like oh we need to save money there (laughs) there's a lot more when it comes to the the pentagon and and what the department of defense spends compared to you know some mom who's getting a check you know to feed her kids every every week or month like yeah but but i mean that's kind of and, and i think the media plays a role in it too because that's those are also the stories that like are reported on. Like nobody talks about the wars e- anymore. Like we're still in Iraq, we're still on, we're still in Afghanistan, we're bombing like six other countries, and, and no nobody talks about it. And, and to the extent that they do, it's well, you know, we 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 have to fight them over there, so we don't have to fight them over here. Or, or well, you know, we need to uh, counteract Russia and China. There's all it's it's like it it's. It's like when George W. Bush in like 2005 was saying, "Oh, they hate us for our freedom." It's like it's like that argument just like repackaged over and over again with like new phraseology and, and new terms. It it's it's it just it just keeps keeps happening for for literally decades.
0: Yeah, absolutely. But I want to go back to one of the other executive orders that you had mentioned, the Keystone pipeline. Um that's been something i think that's been controversial for about like 8 years would you say
1: um i mean it's probably been controversial ever since it started you know right
0: during the obama administration i remember it coming up a lot so yeah that pipeline was proposed back in 2008 and it was going to be a pipeline through canada but a lot of the reason it was controversial is because um you know there were There was a threat that it might spill and create, obviously, an environmental disaster. But now that Biden has passed this executive order to halt the construction of the pipeline, a lot of people on the right are criticizing him because they're saying, well, this isn't going to be good for workers, because look at all of the jobs that that pipeline would have created.
1: I don't even think. Yeah. Oh, gosh, I forget. Because, again, this was years ago, but. It didn't even create that many jobs like i mean once it was built you know most of the jobs were in canada because it was it was carrying uh, tar sands oil um, from canada down to the gulf of mexico you know and then there'd be people at the gulf i assume who would you know ship it off and i think most of it was going to asia so it's not even like it's not even like we get the oil canada and china are like oh you know is it okay if we use you really quick us and yeah, it do, it didn't really create a lot of jobs besides building it. And and yeah, another a reason why people were so critical of it is because the the oil that it was carrying, tar sands oil, like when it leaks, it like it's very, very, very hard to clean up. And yeah. I mean same thing with fracking, you know. Um and I and I don't know what Biden's gonna do yeah, with that. Yeah, he fracking.
0: hasn't he hasn't issued an executive order to ban fracking.
1: Yeah, and I <laughs> I wouldn't hold my breath on that one, but it's, <laughs> it's the same thing. Like people say like, like what was the criticism you said a second ago?
0: It was not good for American workers.
1: Yeah. I mean, fracking. That's one. Of, I mean, I mean, we know that it, that, that there are, but first of all, they, they intentionally set up fracking sites in like black and brown communities. Fracking poisons the groundwater or, or it poisons the, um, the aquifers and ends up poisoning the water supply. And then you have, you know, people with, um, people who get sick and people who have birth problems and all these oh, things. So, but like that's this, the
0: thing when you've got these politicians who are taking money from the natural gas industry, they're not right. going to be incentivized to ban fracking. It's just not going to happen. Yeah.
1: But also, like, the people who, like, oh, jobs or, you know, energy independence. It's like, mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I just, I, I just think it's really easy to say that if you're like living in a community that's not affected by any of that stuff, Mm. you know, and if you want to talk about jobs or you want to do jobs, let's do an infrastructure deal. Let's do a green new deal and we'll create millions of jobs um, in clean and renewable energy.
0: Oh, 100% solar power. You can look this up listeners. You can Google (laughs) this, but solar power is like the cheapest form of energy available now because like our infra- like like you said, infrastructure is already being set up for it, so what we need to do is invest more in other types of renewable energy that's going to create all the jobs you need. You know what I mean? We don't need to continue to rely on oil. we really don't
1: exactly, and that's why the Democratic Party really needs to disconnect themselves from big oil and natural gas and all these other um unsustainable um methods of energy because. I mean you could you could sell this in, in, in such a way that it, w- it would appeal to everyone, hey, we can invest in solar, we can invest in wind power, we can invest in hydroelectric, thermal energy, and we can bring millions of jobs to the heartland or to these dilapidated factory towns where the industry's been shipped away. Hey, we can do that, but again, you know, if you're bought off by the oil industry or the natural gas industry, then that's going to you know inhibit your ability to propose that or or be in favor of that
0: yeah absolutely um i guess another thing biden did you mentioned the the dreamers but he ended the funding for the border wall um which i i mean obviously like i think a lot of us on the left you know whether it be center left or like far left like you and i agree that the wall was just a big you know really silly
1: we're gonna build a wall (laughs)
0: <laughs> it was very performative, right?
1: Mexico is like, going to pay for it.
0: Yeah, exactly. Still waiting on that. <laughs> I mean, it was it was really a rallying cry throughout his whole campaign. And I, I don't think a lot of us really took it seriously in the sense that it was just another one of those things that we, c- we could roll our eyes at. And so for Biden to end um, the wall construction, and I guess he also um, plans to sign an executive order that, uh, directed aggressive immigration enforcement. Um, so I guess he was quoted as saying like the new immigration enforcement tactics would be more in line with our values and priorities, whatever that means. Really? (laughs) I mean, (laughs)
1: we're still going to put them in cages, but, um, There'll, there'll be like a nice little pink bow on the top of the cages,
0: right? Exactly. Like I, I think you that's, get a that's lot like a Democrat, more
1: democratic way of explaining something. It's going to reflect so, our values,
0: right? Right. And I, I think you know, I will have, I'll be surprised when I see on the news that they do release all those kids in cages because that is now something that the president has the power to do. But oddly, you know. It hasn't happened yet maybe i'm you know being impatient because it's only been four days but that definitely seemed to be a high priority for a lot of democrats is like there's kids in cages okay well you know
1: how right long and, I, and I just continue? hope i just hope that there's enough democrats now who um are continue to be vocal about that and not just go off to brunch because there's a because there's right. democrat in office but Uh, Another problem that happened under Trump was there were a lot of kids. You also had the um, separation policy that was unique to the Trump administration. Like, I think it was the zero tolerance policy specifically, but there were a lot of kids who were disconnected from their parents and there's like no way to track trace them or to like get them, get those kids back with their parents. So I'd like to see some effort on the federal level to, establish some sort of program or some sort of agency that's going to be tasked with with doing that. Because that's, I mean, that's even, I mean, putting putting people in cages is, is one thing and that's terrible, but I mean, separating kids from their parents, that's, I mean, that's just like cruelty, like on another level, I think.
0: Absolutely. No, it's completely inhumane, especially for a country as developed as ours to be doing something like that.
1: Yeah, it's a you're just like, and, and I remember reading about that story the first time I read about it. And the insane thing was it it actually cost more like there was more bureaucracy in doing that. All right. So you're just like purposely pouring salt on what is already an open wound just to make yeah. those people's lives worse. So yeah, that needs to that needs some major fixing. Absolutely.
0: And another thing that I read is that he were rejoining the Paris Climate Accords. And Mm -hmm. like for me, one of the things that if I was talking to Trump supporters and, you know, I would try and explain like why I didn't like Trump, that was one of the first things I would say is, well, he got us out of the Paris Climate Agreement. But to me, that is an extremely baseline, like low, low expectation, environmental package of things that we could be a part of.
1: Yeah, I would agree. I have always said that the Paris Climate Agreement only goes like twenty five percent of the way, and maybe right. even that's an over you know estimate twenty five percent of the way that we need to actually go with climate. But <laughs> I know Ted Cruz had some funny tweet a few days ago. I don't know if you saw this. He says by rejoining the Paris Climate Agreement, President Biden indicates he's more interested in the views of the citizens of Paris and in the jobs. <laughs> and in the jobs of the citizens of Pittsburgh. The agreement will do little to affect the climate and will harm the livelihoods of Americans. And, and, wow. and he had another one, too. Everyone was dogging on him because he's like, dude, it's just signed in Paris. It doesn't, it doesn't give money to Paris. <laughs> <laughs> and I think AOC was like, imagine being a Harvard grad and, and actually thinking this. And, and he like doubled cool. down. He's like, he's like, who do you stand with, Paris or Pittsburgh? I think Trump, didn't he say something like this? When he was running, or like when he first got elected, not sure. I'm pretty sure some him or somebody else said something like this before, because I'm reading this tweet and it feels like deja vu. But I know Ted Cruz is like he's trying to be more Trumpian because he sees that that's where the Republican mm-hmm. Party is going. Yeah, and I'm pretty sure he wants to run for president again, oh. um, and he knows that. Oh, he that can't wouldn't do
0: surprise it. me.
1: No, and, and he knows that he can't do it by just you know marmy Ted Cruz. So he's got a He's got to lean into that culture war a little bit, and, and it always That's looks so mean. awkward when guys like him do it. Because, like, he's already an awkward dude to begin with, and you can just tell that he's, you know, a politician being a politician, like the way he speaks. But w- when he tries to do the Trump thing, it just it, it just looks really weird. Same thing with um, Ron DeSantis. He's he's the governor of Florida. He's trying to be more Trumpian. Because I think he probably wants to make a run for it too. Like, yeah, like I think there's a video be a lot
0: more of that.
1: Yeah, like there was a video of him like interrupting a reporter and being like, and you could see with like his hands and his mannerisms, like it, he was acting like Trump. Oh, and gosh. Yeah, it's gonna, it's gonna get, it's gonna get pretty obnoxious. <laughs> I mean, it, it 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 already has been, but. It'll just be worse. It'll be
0: interesting to see what kind of Republicans we get for 2024. Wow. It's so far away. I can't believe it.
1: (laughs) I know. It's a weird weird thing to think about.
0: Yeah, it um, is.
1: I I think Ted Cruz and I think Ron DeSantis want to run. I think Nikki Haley might want to run.
0: Yeah, I was thinking that too.
1: I'm not sure how much support she'll get, but... I don't know, man. I mean the, the Republican Party is still it's still like very much Trump's party. I'm not I mean I'm not sure how much that'll change now that he's out of office and off social media. <laughs> Maybe it'll mm-hmm. change. But I know his son too is very um I could see his son making a run for it. Oh yeah. Yeah, and his son is like, whoa. If you thought he was bad, wait wait till you wait wait till you see the son.
0: Donald Trump Junior hmm yeah
1: have you ever on his Aaron. instagram it's just like <laughs> it's just like all of these right-wing boomer memes and it's like all of the like he he's doing like all of these just like judgment errors and, and falling victim to all these fallacies it's like oh my god it's like the same thing as trump where he like he speaks for like 30 seconds and and you need like 30 minutes to like explain why everything he said is is wrong. (laughs) He says like 18 incorrect things in the span of like 30 seconds. So yeah, looking forward to that.
0: The other thing I did want to say about Biden's um, executive orders is that I think you said earlier he extended the student loan.
1: Yeah, interest accumulation on student loan.
0: Well, according to the article that I'm reading, which is on Fox News, you know, got to hear from both sides. uh, He was also considering... It, well, it says that Biden supports Congress acting immediately to cancel $10,000 in student loan debt per person. So, while that's obviously not good enough, <laughs> um, according you know, according to like me or you, because both of us believe that all student loan debt should be canceled, I think it's a step in the right direction. I mean, I know one of my colleagues has like $90,000 in student loan debt, so and she oh, has yeah. just come to accept that she'll never pay it off which is just like mind boggling. But I know that that's not an extreme case. I think it's it's very common to have a lot of student loan debt, especially if you go to law school or grad school or anything of that nature. But- Oh yeah, um, or
1: medical school.
0: Oh yeah, absolutely. And, it's like, and, and it's,
1: it's like, what is that, you know?
0: Yeah, but so I think, you know, $10,000, it's better than a stick in the eye, kind of my attitude.
1: It is better than a stick in the eye, but he, here's my problem with it is he could hmm. do, he could cancel- whether it's ten thousand dollars or five thousand dollars, he could do that as president. He could direct the, the secretary of education that he appointed to cancel ten thousand dollars of student loan debt for for every borrower. But and this is why I don't think he's serious about this or he's committed to it. He wants to go through Congress, all right. And he and and you hear him you hear him say this. He says, "Oh, there's a bill in the House right now that will do that." Like, okay, might have gotten through the House. I don't know if it'll get through the Senate. You know. You got a lot of blue dogs and you can do things through budget reconciliation where you only need 51 votes. But another thing he's starting to say is now is, oh, well, you know, we want to do things in a bipartisan way. We want to try to get the 60 votes. So it's like, like, like he, and this is the thing I can't stand about the Democrats is they, they know that these things are popular and palatable, but they're trying not to do them because they're right, not absolutely. really committed to them.
0: Oh, they aren't. They, yeah, I totally see what you're saying. And another thing is, if he goes that way, instead of making it an executive order and just says, oh, well, yeah, no, well, like you're saying, do it in a bipartisan way. We're going to go through Congress. That gives him the opportunity when it doesn't get passed because there's not enough Senate support to do that. He can just say, well, we tried. And exactly. what will really grind our gears is he'll come back in four years, you know. Or Kamala (laughs) (laughs) will come back in four years and they'll champion this and they'll say, we fought to get student loan forgiveness, even though in reality, they just, they didn't, they didn't really have their hearts in it.
1: It was just, yeah, they tried to make people think that they were fighting for it when they really weren't because, and that's what, and what you said is is exactly right. They'll, they'll go that way. That way, when it doesn't happen, they'll, they'll be able to say, well, Hey, look, you know, what, what do you want me to do? I tried like no you didn't because you could have done it yourself or you could have done it at the very least through budget reconciliation but you don't want to do that either it's the same thing like there's always um democratic members of the house who want to seem more progressive so they'll get on board with progressive legislation and then they'll watch it die in the senate and they'll say i was in favor of that because i knew it it wasn't going to pass
0: another interesting thing i'm reading about this Biden package of executive orders is that there's going to be an ethics pledge where Biden will sign an executive order to quote, restore and maintain public trust and government and will order every appointee in the executive branch to sign the ethics pledge, which will ensure that employees act in the interests of the American people and not for personal gain. What do we Hmm. think about that?
1: Well, that seems, that seems a little suspicious. Um,
0: Doesn't
1: it? <laughs> I know. If only was, we had um, those
0: back in the Nixon admin, man.
1: Oh yeah. I mean, politicians working for um, working for their own interests, or never uh, heard what, of such a been, thing. I can't imagine. Yeah, I know. He was saying something. He was meeting with his White House staff over Zoom, and he was like, "If anyone uh, disrespects anyone or you insult anyone, I'll fire you on the spot. That's not acceptable." But that seems um. you're describing seems seems a little different
0: yeah i wonder if they were two different things because another thing that i've read is that he is um making a point out of like racial justice and equity and so what he's trying to say is that you're defining equity through an executive order as consistent and systemic fair just and impartial treatment of all individuals um you know including communities of color including lgbt individuals so i think that he definitely wants to have a hardline stance on, you know, people being racist within his own staff. That he doesn't want any scandal to come out um, like that. So that doesn't surprise me that he would say, you know, I'll fire you if you step out of line.
1: I guess that makes sense. Yeah, you, you obviously want that, but I don't know. Make sure that staff are acting in the interest of the American people. Hmm. <laughs>
0: Like that's something that shouldn't have to be said. It reminds
1: me of like, I don't know, just it reminds me of like something you'd hear from like the State Department or the CIA about how we're right. protecting American, interest.
0: yeah, it, it like, so American interests. Yeah. It's it sounds very coded.
1: Like Yeah, and even the stuff where he's talking about ensuring equity, like that's a very vague statement in of in and of itself. It's like, yeah. okay, are you gonna I don't know, have some sort of uh task force that's gonna look into um racial profiling by by police officers are you going to have some kind of uh criminal justice task force that's going to look into those issues right um, it does seem you know? i
0: mean admittedly to in biden's defense one of the only times you're going to hear me say that in the next full <laughs> years but it has only been 4 days so i think you know ultimately i would say this package of executive orders is encouraging i i'm definitely going to be hoping for more as Time goes by, but I think that from just a very surface level standpoint i I think it, it looks good. It's definitely better than Trump not to you know beat a dead horse because that's what everyone was saying. but you know you can kind of hesitant sigh, I wouldn't even say of relief, but you can kind of be like, oh, okay." <laughs> that's like my attitude towards it. Cause I'm like, this stuff looks good. It looks encouraging, but we're definitely going to have to put the pressure on um, because the expectations are much higher than this.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's, it's better than Trump, you know, but again, it's a pretty low bar, man. Right. <laughs> a very low bar. And I don't know, just looking on the foreign policy front, cause, cause Iran is another issue that I didn't mention earlier, but up until this point, it was like, the idea that Biden was going to try to get back into the Iran deal. And now there were um, Maria Campbell in a a Senate hearing with uh, Blinken, his secretary of state, the guy he appointed. Blinken, it just sounds like the name of someone who's an imperialist. He basically communicated that like, hey, um, we might get back into the deal if they agree to like full compliance, which is just like, okay, we had the deal. They were abiding by it to a T. We pulled out of it. We have new sanctions on them now with with food and medicine. And now you're gonna like, oh well, you know, if you guys fully comply, then maybe we'll maybe we'll rejoin it. It's just on the foreign policy front, it's I don't see a lot of improvement, but I do see some improvement on on the domestic front. But again, we are gonna have to um keep the pressure on and not in and make sure that he knows that, you know, within a few months everyone's not just going to go back to brunch and you're not just going to be able to Mm -hmm. keep being the Joe Biden that you were in the Senate all that time. Um, You're actually going to have to deliver for the American people.
0: Uh, You got to step up, buddy. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, I guess there's nothing left.